S-A-M-I-R-Y-E. Sammy Rye here with another one of those podcasts with Sammy Rye. We're going to be talking about um, AI this week, some of the controversies around it. I feel like it's just it's disgusting. Like People are calling all kinds of things AI that's not AI. The media, I'm calling out some of the media outlets I'm seeing this doing this. The, the misinformation is ridiculous. I went and researched some of this stuff. I talked to my friends. And just really seeing, like, I feel like no one is talking about this, honestly. I'm going to try to clear up some of the confusion and just give you this non-biased, whatever kind of opinion on this stuff. What's useful, what's not useful. Um, we're going to get into that. I'm also going to do my little media rundown. There's not a lot going on. We still have a bit of an entertainment drought, drought going on. I'm not sure when that's going to end. We have the writer's strike and stuff like that going on. All those things kind of suck. But there's a few things coming out to some streaming services I want to mention. Throw you guys at it if you don't know. Different things you can get on demand and stuff like that. Um, and then also, I'm going to talk about my Fortnite creative map. I finally got a map done. It's basically pending publishing at this point. Really happy about that. Really proud of it. And I learned kind of a workflow that works for me that I want to share with you guys. So if you guys are going in there like I originally did, trying to do these things are way too ambitious. I finally figured out a better way to approach it from a mental standpoint. We'll talk about that. And then, of course, if you don't know, there's a little after show afterwards where I get into some personal life things. If you're interested, hang out for that. If not, no big deal. I'm Sammy Rye. Let's do it. So this week, we're going to be talking about AI, some of the misinformation out there. I'm also going to give you guys an update on some of the things and breakthroughs I made with the Fortnite Creative. Um, you know, basically Unreal Engine related stuff. But I wanted to also do some kind of stuff about media. If you guys tune in, hoping I'm going to give you guys updates on things going on with TV or music or anything like that. I wanted to give some of that and not just be like too techie on the podcast. So real quick, let's talk about what's coming out. What are some things that you could be watching? Right now, I'm watching Renfield. I haven't finished Renfield, but so far, so good. Um, really good special effects. I almost feel like Avengers level special effects. And I say that meaning I didn't go in thinking it would even have special effects like that. Um, it has a really impressive opening, very, you know, Marvel-like opening for the film. And um, so far, so good. I haven't got to finish it. I'm hoping to finish it maybe tonight. Um, but definitely, it's worth checking out. It's got good reviews, and uh, it looks fun. And it is what it is. You're getting in, which you're, you're going to get what you're showing up for. But it's got a little bit extra. A little some, some cool things they did with some even, like, old footage, some stylized things there. It's, it's impressing me, basically. Um, definitely, I'm enjoying Renfield so far, so check that out. I saw Super Mario Brothers. And I enjoyed it. Um, I believe it's coming out to video very soon, like for everybody to be able to get their hands on it. Um, but Super Mario Brothers, I thought was really good compared to Sonic the Hedgehog. You know, Sonic the Hedgehog, I thought was great. I like Sonic One and Two. I thought Two was extremely good. Mario went a slightly different way and kind of kind of more true to its its game world. You know, um, Sonic has this advantage of going to the real world, and it's just him in our world. You have to address too much like how his world works. But Mario is completely in Mario Brothers' world, and they took a lot of the things that we kind of know and are familiar with and explained it and expanded on it a little bit in a more realistic way. Kind of in the sense where I feel like the next game, they should incorporate all that stuff and really world build. I didn't really think that you needed to world build in Mario Brothers, but um, they did in the film, and it was interesting. Almost, I guess, like Pokemon. Pokemon, the, their film also was interesting. Where they try to bring up these other concepts of how like you would like live with Pokemon and do these things in like a realistic way, they they stay in a Mario Brother world when they're doing these things. But they explain like why the pipes work the way they do and why these these different people you know work for King Cooper and um it's real self self referential to like the jokes in the game. Very impressive, very impressive movie. I'm not surprised it made a billion dollars. 
it's good for Mario fans, also good for families, if you don't even know Mario, right? So it, it does everything. Um, and, I, you know, and I really hate that the idea there was any kind of controversy around it, because when you're watching it, there seems to be no need for any of that. Um, there's plenty of characters, representation there. Um, there's different accents, if that matters. Um, yeah, like the whole Mario thing and the Luigi thing, it's not noticeable when you're watching the film, unless I guess maybe you're like really bothered by it. You're staring at the screen, wishing that the guy who did the voice for Mario 64 was doing the voice now. Um, yeah, so if you're, if you're obsessed like that, then probably don't watch the movie. But if you're just watching it normally, I think you'll enjoy it like most of America did. Um, again, it was a huge success. So some other things I looked at, I wanted to see like what was coming out to streaming. And there's not a lot coming out to streaming this week. Um, I talked about Beef recently. That's still on Netflix. I haven't seen Air. Air comes out on Amazon Prime, so I'll do that. Just point you guys in different directions. If you haven't checked out Prime recently, on the 12th, Air is going to be out. Um, it's got really good reviews starring Adam Sandler. I believe it's about the creation of the, the Michael Jordan sneaker, uh, the Air Jordan sneaker. I believe that's what that story is about. Um, definitely check it out. I heard, I think Chris Tucker's in it. I think it's, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about if he is in it. I think it's a small part in it, but I know Ben Affleck's in it. Um, it's definitely worth checking out. Disney Plus recently got a, a Peter Pan and Wendy movie, which I heard was kind of like, eh, wasn't that great. And they have another movie coming out called Crater. Um, so these are things I guess to check out, but I'm not really interested in either one of them. At some point, I think I will sit down and try to watch Pan. But I heard it's kind of like this is kind of what you expect. It's not really something else that they, you know, nothing that they haven't done before. But I haven't seen it yet. I will look at it. We'll check it out. Just give you guys a heads up. Check out Prime. Check out Disney Plus if you haven't done that in a little while. On Apple TV, something I don't talk about a lot, there is a, a show I'm a little interested in called Still. Uh, it's a Michael J. Fox movie. I like Michael J. Fox. I don't have reasons to not like him. I actually liked him a lot in, um, I think, Murphy Brown. I don't actually I don't remember what show it was now. I've I, I seen him on a show that I didn't know he was on. He played a lawyer. And it was really impressive. This was after he was out and you, you know he, you knew he had like Parkinson's um, sickness. And he plays a character that has that on the on the show and he incorporated it so well and really gave me that you know i i mean i guess sometimes people look at things and they like, kind of cheesy you're like oh this person is so brave and so courageous but no to know that you know he was an actor he was making big movies and for him to come back and then he'd be open about that and incorporate with the character he was very funny um it's just amazing it really is a person that you know for everything i've seen from him um i think is a truly inspiring person on all kinds of levels so he has, I guess, like a documentary movie kind of coming out about his life and what he deals with. So I would, I would, I would sign up to Apple TV to see that. Um, it might be a little sad, a little more serious than I normally like to recommend. I usually kind of keep it lighthearted on the podcast. But I think it's worth pointing out, especially if you don't, you know, I know a lot of us may not check Apple TV. So you're checking out Apple TV. You have that. And really soon, I think in June, Severance Season 2 is coming up. But again, we have a little bit of a drought right now. But Severance Season 2, this, this summer is definitely worth it. Maybe you want to hold off and, and get it, you know, binge everything in June. But Apple TV, I definitely will be turning back on this summer once uh, Severance 2 hits, uh, hits the thing, hits the service. On Netflix in two days, on Friday, actually, we have uh, The Mother coming out, which is a Jennifer Lawrence, uh, not Jennifer Lawrence, Jennifer Lopez. Why did I say Jennifer Lawrence? Jennifer Lopez action film is an assassin film with a woman mom assassin and a daughter gets kidnapped. She's got to go get her back. And I love that. I love that in my mind when I first heard that, because a lot of older action stars, like male action stars, that do these kind of movies all the time, and people either ignore them or trash them. I was like, yeah, let's get some representation here. Let's have the girls, an older girl actress, do a bad movie, and you know we trash it. 
No, I don't think the trailer. It looks pretty good. It doesn't mean it might be the best movie ever, but I'm here for it. I think JLo's going for it. Um, she looks awesome. She looks she's definitely working out and in good shape. She looks super badass in the, in the scenes. It reminded me a lot of Sarah Connor. Uh, Sarah Connor Terminator Two vibes, basically. Also a little bit of that um long kiss goodnight Charlie Baltimore vibes. So it might be the greatest movie ever. I'm not, I'm not. I haven't seen it yet. It hasn't been out yet. But I'm definitely going to check it out on Netflix. It's definitely something worth checking out. And compared to a lot of the action films I see the guys do, it looks way better than a lot of her male counterparts have put out, you know, when it comes to these streaming services and just dropping a movie. It sounds like something generic, right? Like the fixer, the client, you know, it's like the mother. I was like, ah, I don't know about that, but it looks like it might be pretty good. So I'm definitely going to check it out. The trailer was pretty hot for it. Hopefully it'll be decent. Um, again, I'm not going into that, you know, expecting, you know, it'd be the greatest action film ever. But from what I saw from it, it looked like it'd be something interesting to watch. But that's pretty much it. There's not much else going on in entertainment. Not much going on music-wise. Again, it's kind of a drought. So I want to talk to you guys more about that kind of stuff. Guardians 3 is in theaters. I haven't seen it yet. And when I do, I'll probably do a whole episode about that. So if I get to catch it this week, maybe that's what it'll be about next week, as soon as I can. Um, but thank you guys so much. We're going to move on. We're going to talk about AI and the Fortnite creative maps. So this week, I had a great conversation, like I always do, with uh, some of my friends about AI and different things, and um, and I really wanted to kind of deep dive. I did some research after our conversations, because I, I hate re re saying the same things I already said to them, so I try to get a little more information for the podcast, and really look at, like, what is a chatbot, what is ChatGCP, um, what are these different programs everyone's talking about, and really the first thing I'm going to say is the media is just doing such a horrible job covering this stuff. I mean, I'm on Z, ZDNet.com right now looking at the article about the best AI chatbot. Um, and on here, they're, they're comparing things like ChatGTP to like other extremely inferior chatbots. And we talked about this. We're like, you know, if you guys remember, if, if you're old enough, um, I always compare this situation to a, an old chatbot that was on AOL Instant Messenger um, called Smarter Child. A smarter child was a pretty dope you know, chatbot. It could like find you movie times. You could say like, "Hey, you're stupid." And he'd be like, "Don't say that." It was like, "Oh my god!" It's like writing back to me, right? Very, very basic stuff. Very, very long time ago. I'm talking like 20 years ago, right? It was built into. It was a friend you could have on AOL Instant Messenger. You could talk to it. My friend revealed to me that Snapchat recently added an AI bot like built in, and you have to like have it there. Um, I know Microsoft Bing. It's optional, but Bing, um, or Microsoft Edge, I should say, has now incorporated AI search into um, their browser. But AI search is very different than a chatbot. You know, these the chatbot feature is very basic. So, yes, you can talk to chat, chat, um, chat GTP and say basic things to it. It'll respond to you. But really what it's, it does is it searches the Internet for information based on everything from 2021. Um, everything has been, you know, accumulated by that point in the Internet. And it can use that. It's not referencing all the latest and greatest articles all the time about things. It's in a research phase right now is what they say on their website. Um, but then seeing the other chatbots that the media is comparing this to, it's like comparing, like, I don't know, like, like you're comparing, you know, of like if you have like a Logic Music Maker, that's a bad comparison. You guys don't know what it is. But an advanced piece of software to a very basic piece of software, right? Let's just, we can, we can figure out what that is, right? Microsoft Word, perhaps... To like Notepad, right? Like Notepad, you can write a lot of things on it. Notepad gets the job done. Um, but compared to Microsoft Word, it's not a word processor. It's you, technically a word processor, I guess, but it's it's not really a word processor. No one's 
writing papers in Notepad, right? And that's what a lot of these bots are compared to ChatGPT, and that's why everyone's talking about it. But these journalists, people who are talking about it, do not understand what they're talking about. Even on a tech website like ZDNet, um, I don't understand why they're doing that. I think a part of the pressure becomes that it's the buzzwords. AI is a buzzword, so everything's AI. Oh, you got, you got um, this over here, that's AI. Artificial intelligence, yay, AI. Everything's AI. Um, this, so this, this program over here that runs a macro for you and does something for you, that's AI too. Not really. It's not intelligent. It's just repeating a bunch of processes that you do a lot and you know you, it brings it up to you. If you go to a website on your phone um, or an app on your phone that brings you up the weather, you click on the button, it runs a query, it goes to a website, finds out what the weather is based on your zip code, puts it on your screen every single time. That's not AI. That's just regular computer processing. Now, these more advanced programs are doing things like that. They're more complicated, faster. They're doing hundreds or thousands or sometimes even, I'm sure, hundreds of thousands um, queries to bring together these results very quickly. But ultimately, it's not intelligence. It's not something that replaces you. Um, there's a big buzz going along right now because of the writer strike um, that is happening in Hollywood right now about, you know, will AI, is AI, you know, able to write the next blockbuster movie for you? I think that's a really interesting concept because when they look at it, yes, it can it can write down a story. It can probably even write down eventually if it can't already write down a screenplay in a screenplay format. Um, but what it what it can't do, and what's something that this this technology will never be able to do, is to deviate from what's already been done. You can have things in there where it says like you know, um, hey, you know, hey, instead of a person. Put like an animal in there. You can have variables like that, right? Like, oh, you have a story about people. Let's not do people stories. Let's do like dog stories, right? When the dog's the main character. You can program that in. It'll write your story, dog's main character, right? Probably could already do similar things like that. But to, you know, I think about actually a movie that is very controversial. Uh, the Last Jedi by Ryan Johnson, which is the second in the new Star Wars trilogies and movies. Um, one thing that he wanted to try to prove in that film, and, and this is something people agree with, some people don't agree with, is that, you know, already Hollywood films can be very, you know, have a very strict formula they kind of stick to as to what you expect. And he wanted to, in such a big blockbuster film, do a lot of things that you did not expect. That's something you can't teach AI. To teach AI to when to break the rule, when to not do the thing, that is, that is art, right? And that's something that if you had true artificial intelligence, which we're nowhere near creating something that's, that actually can think and, and make these decisions and have these impulses. We don't have that at all. We have programs that can repeat, you know, basically very simple processes that everyone does over and over again and put them all together um, in some kind of educated way based on parameters. It's not the same thing. So it's a good word, artificial intelligence, because it looks like intelligence, right? Like how tofu is artificial meat. It's not really meat, it's a vegetable. It's nothing like meat. It's completely something different. It has protein in it but it's not actually meat. Um, so these programs are not intelligence. They are something that seems like an intelligence. There are a lot of ways, like a magician's card trick. Um, you do It does something, and because we don't know what it's doing, it seems pretty impressive. But ultimately, it's a little disappointing. We really realize that you know it's not going to you know replace everyone's jobs and eradicate mankind. Um, actually, I think that's the good thing about it, but I think you know that is kind of the disappointing thing when you look at this. Um, and then, you know, there's a bunch of different AI bots out here that you can use, and I've interacted with a few of these, and I find them to be pretty unimpressive. Um, ChatGTP, on the other hand, search, uh, basically as a AI bot, it's like instant Wikipedia articles, right? I've seen one people say the pros and cons about it, 
One, one of the cons is that it's not an authoritative answer. I feel like that is such a disappointing thing for a writer to put about a technology like this. And my friend mentioned this, you know, that it seems like people sometimes want to have no brain anymore. Like they want nothing. They want no responsibility anymore. To, I never understood the beef of Wikipedia for the same reason. You go to Wikipedia, it's a bunch of information summarized for you. At the bottom, for most of the information that you may want to use, it has links to all the sources. Whether the sources are credible or not, it's up to you to decide. Very, very simple. People have constant problems with Wikipedia. Oh, that's not accurate. What's not accurate? The, the summary? No, maybe it's not accurate. But you have the sources there that lead you to all the information. It's a one-stop shop to get you to all the information you need for your research. Just use it. No one, and I mean practically no one, goes to the bottom of Wikipedia, except for me and maybe a few people, I guess, and, and checks the sources to see the information they're using. Is it accurate? Where did it come from? Is it just something made up? It's very, very easy to do. It seems like people don't understand that's, well, that's how Wikipedia is used. That's the purpose of Wikipedia. The Encyclopedia Britannica, which was a common thing that we used back in the day, that's constantly updated. You know, information changes. You have to update that information. And then also, you know, these things become outdated. Some of this information is not relevant anymore. Um, we didn't fault it for that. We understood it was a book and things might change. Um, also, there could be errors in the book. It's not like a website where there's an error you could update it. If you misprint something or, or put down information from a source not reliable in the Encyclopedia Britannica, that's it. It's just messed up. And it's not a perfect, it wasn't a perfect system. The paper is messed up forever and it's just not good. You have like, you know, they have advantages with a website where if there's an, an incorrect article, you can go update it. But that's not the case with old books. But people still like to act like the old books because they came from academia, they came from some kind of institution that we think we trust, that they're perfect. And obviously, like nothing else in the world, they're not. So the people fault these different technologies for their flaws, but they never stop to think about everything that it benefits people with. I'm um, looking at some of these things here, the chatbots, there are things that I found too impressive. But I do see there are people out there that enjoy some of these chatbots. Um, the ones, I don't know if I'd recommend any of them. That's kind of a hard way to look at it. Um, I do see there's there's some on here like um, Tito. Or I think you call it Tito. T-I-D-I-O. It's a monthly service that costs $20 a month for unlimited chatting. I'm not paying that. Uh, I find with AI art, which I have experimented with for programs like MidJourney and stuff, a lot of those programs, you can find free versions of them that do pretty much the same thing. It might require a bit more work. It might not have the same interface. But I can see myself paying. I have no I have no need to pay $20 a month for a chat bot. I was at one time, though, researching. This is years ago. Researching um, a, a digital assistant. Some kind of like virtual AI that would help me get work done. And I came across. I don't even remember what the best one was at this point. It wasn't important. Like It was not something that was even worth talking about. But it was the leading one, and they've actually changed it into kind of like a, um, a sleazy, like, a girlfriend bot, which is not cool. I remember when I, when I bought access to it, it was like a lifetime access, and you could have, like, a mentor, an assistant. They had the girlfriend option there, um, or, like, a significant other option, I guess you would say. I don't know how they quantify the genders or whatever for it. Um, but it was very unimpressive. It didn't do its functions as, a, as an assistant. It really couldn't do much at all because it couldn't interact with your phone beyond the app. Um, that's because how Google and Apple structure apps that you can't have an app that goes into all your apps and like does everything for you, unless it's a very like well developed app like Google. You might see is really integrated into your other apps, but not not everything else. These other smaller companies don't usually have the pool of Google to get something developed for every single app that exists and stuff.
So it wasn't really interesting. It's literally not even worth mentioning. I can't even find the name of that app. But I'm not going to plug it or really promote it. Like I said, don't don't use it. And recently they changed some of its features to kind of appear to more lonely people. And um, that's something that I guess is is good in some ways. I think that, you know, it might be frustrating for some people. But I know there's some people out there who have difficulties communicating. And that's fine. Um, you know, it's not always easy to do that kind of stuff. And I do think even in our digital age, so that's somewhat encouraged to not communicate so much with people because we have all these different things that we can communicate with. But I do think that it provides a good value to people that you have this option to, you know, have this kind of interaction with certain kind of, um, you know, digital things. It's like when you're playing a game online, if you're playing a game of football on Madden, it's not the same as playing football with your friends in real life. However, sometimes it can be fun. Sometimes it can be fun to interact with people far away. And even when you're doing that, a lot of times you're just having simple text messages back and forth. Maybe a few things you guys are saying when you're playing the game. Those are things that are very easy to sim- simulate with AI. And for someone who's lonely or you know looking for someone to hang out with, that can be a very fun thing. I've had a lot of fun experiences in Fortnite when playing with just people online, strangers, with no voice chat on, no text chatting, just emoting and doing stuff in the game. I've had some really fun memories, and people have sent me friend requests afterwards, and I've friended them, and we've never actually talked. Um, just interacting in the game is that's been something to be fun, and it's not the it's not going to ever replace you know your actual humans, but it gives people something to relieve that stress, and that's my point of this whole segment is really saying that these applications are really being you know misadvertised on the media, just trying to hype on hop onto the hype train is really just calling every single thing out there AI when it's not. Um, it's calling everything a chatbot when it's not. And then, you know, you got to keep in mind that what, what's in it for them, um, they want to get clicks to their articles. They want you worried. They want you checking on these things. When the reality of it is, it's probably not that impressive. Just like a lot of the technology I mentioned, you know, in the past, it was cool when I saw a smart child the first time. Uh, 20 years later, he's not even something anyone remembers anymore. Um, I'm not saying that's going to happen the same way with this situation. But Google was revolutionary when it first came out. Yahoo Search was awesome when it first came out. Now we don't even think about it. Um, when YouTube first came out, people didn't think it was going to work. They thought it would fail. And then when Google bought it, people thought that they would get sued you know, out everywhere. And, and basically, Google figured out all the copyright laws of the internet practically. Practically through YouTube um, and Google, you can get almost anything copywritten. RSC would make a lot of money. It's not what people foresaw happening. Um, I think they thought something else was going to happen with it, like... All of free TV would be on YouTube, unrestricted forever. Nope. (laughs) Google came in and they fixed those problems one by one, and that's not the case anymore. Now it can basically, you know, with the power of AI, not really, but with the power of the different algorithms programmed into YouTube, they can catch a lot of copyright right right as you upload it, right? You won't even touch the site in a lot of situations, and you'll get your channel shut down or you'll get, you know, demonetized. Um, All, you know, with no one, almost no human interaction at this point, right? So going from, you know, a completely lawless YouTube concept to me 15 years where now it's completely locked down, that's the same thing that happens with technology. I always try to remind people that the best and brightest people in the world are working for these companies for profit. They're not heroes. They want to make money. They're educated. They're trying to figure out how to make the best thing that you can't stop using so they can make lots and lots of money. And you can always trust in that human greed in that way that they're going to keep refining it and make it the best thing ever. If ChatGTP has problems or is too much this or that, there's a competitor already. Elon Musk already started a, a second company um, to, to you know, develop AI that's similar to ChatGTP. 
And then you have, this is one other person. I'm sure there's other companies out there that'll be doing the same thing, trying to develop products to, to rival them. So if you give them that, um, that bad mistake, you give them that, that thing that they can exploit, you'll definitely have a person like Elon Musk calling out the mistakes that company made and trying to plug their product. And that's capitalism at its finest. That's what keeps our country going around. It's not, you know, virtuous. It's not amazing. It's not a good guy thing. You can always trust people being competitive and trying to make more money to, you know, get your attention so that you're using their thing. And eventually that kind of eventually hones that thing into one of the best possible things that you can use, which is why you have YouTube and you'll probably never use another video app ever because Google's going to keep on pouring money and, you know, into that to make sure that you never get at it and it won't ever be this horrible thing that ends the world. It'll be something else on your phone that, you know, you probably are annoyed about, you know, 10, 15 years. So I finally got to finish my first map in Fortnite Creative. If you guys don't know about this, it's the first time you're hearing to the show. I like to talk a lot about Fortnite Creative, the Unreal Engine, and Epic Games because I believe that is the future of all media. All content will go through there. Our metaverse will be created there. Out of all the things that is hype, like I talked about the hype, you know, in AI earlier, I really do believe that the Unreal Engine and you know what Epic Games is doing, or Epic as a company overall is going to be the thing that's going to create our version of, quote-unquote, The Matrix. Again, it's not going to really be like The Matrix. It's not going to really be like Ready Player One. But it's going to be pretty close. It's going to be some kind of commercial thing that we all can use. And what's exciting to me, and hopefully to you guys that are listening, what I talk about a lot, is there's a lot of innovative ways for you guys to use this product for free to you know promote yourself, your business, or even just to like do something that's creative, your passion, expressing yourself. There, there's never before been so many free assets and things that you could be using right now. And I finally got to use it and complete a whole map. I've got a workflow, which I think really matters. And I want to share that with you guys because I've experimented with maps over, you know, the course of maybe two years, probably as long as I've been doing the podcast. And map making in Fortnite is, is a bit overwhelming because you're having like all the pieces to the puzzle, even though the controls are very simple. So it, it helps to come into this situation and have an idea of what you want to do. So before I came in, I tried that. I tried coming in and seeing, oh, what can I make? You're looking at what they had available. Um, you could spend maybe close to an hour just flicking through digital assets and seeing what devices they have, what functions are there, experimenting with the functions, trying to see what they would do, which is good. It's not a bad thing to go in there and just kind of get your eyes you know, looking at stuff. Definitely helps to watch some videos on YouTube and get some ideas of what people are doing. And now, over the two-year course of me, you know, being interested in this subject, you know, Epic has added more and more in-game tutorials, basically like a different kind of, you know, game modes that you can try that walk you through what you should kind of be doing. Still, you need an idea that works for you and a workflow that works for you, right? And um, I know what I used to do was I have an idea and say, wouldn't it be cool if there was a game like this? And I start trying to make that game. And most of the time, for me, for whatever reason, those ideas be pretty ambitious. They involve a lot, a lot, a lot of work. I think my first map, which I never finished, I put over 20 hours into that map. Um, and it's, it's still there. It's something I still hope to finish one day. But it was just way too big and way too ambitious for one person. A lot of the maps that are really good nowadays have teams of people. You can find teams and people to work with if you don't really know where to start on Discord. I highly recommend using Discord. We have the Samurai Syndicate Discord. You guys can always join. And I always can put you guys in touch if you're interested with other communities I found that like specialize in this kind of stuff. Um, but going in through it, I finally was able to come up with an idea. I'm currently waiting for Epic to publish the game and give me my creator code, which would be pretty cool. 
Um, and basically, I came up with an idea that was inspired by John Wick. And what I thought to myself was, I want to work on this. What's a simple experience? A very small, um, you know, 30-second experience, basically. Maybe one-minute experience. A little game, like if you're playing Pac-Man or something like that. Something simple. But what is that if you're playing Fortnite, right? If you're a Fortnite player, what would that be? You don't want to play Fortnite and then play Pac-Man. So I thought of um, a really cool scene from a movie. Um, but the scene I referenced in my mind was like kind of a John Wick scene where you're going into a club. There's people there you have to shoot. It kind of started with that idea. Me and my daughter worked on this map together. Um, so I took basically a pre-built building, which was like a nightclub area that was existed in Fortnite. And little by little with experimenting, I added on to it. It made it something different. Um, it made it to my own kind of thing. I made like the street outside of it where there's like these NPCs standing there watching you. And I even came up with a story as to why you're going into this nightclub and shooting things. Um, what you're shooting is, is targets. So it's a little unsatisfying that it's not like actual people and it's like a story mission. So I thought, well, what if this was a fake, you know, um, you know, Hitman kind of thing, right? Hitman has a great first level where you're going on a boat and you're doing a mission, but you're actually like there with actors and they're just like doing a simulation for you to train as an assassin. So I was like, oh, we'll do that. Like a John Wick thing, but we're training to be like an assassin, like the, like the video game Hitman, right? Um, so you're coming into this club, and it makes sense that you're shooting targets because you wouldn't be practicing with real people in here. So came up with a story for it and everything. It's a really small experience, and I was able to make it even competitive where two people can play. So it's like two assassins versus each other, and you don't hurt each other. What you have to do is you know hit the targets, but anyone can hit the target first. So it's the first one to like 30 points, basically, um, or it's 30 seconds, how many points you can get in that time limit. And um, pretty cool experience, I think. I think it worked out pretty well. And if me and my daughter, we, we set out for this simple goal. Hey, we're going to make a club, put down some targets, you know, set a timer. You get through it, who gets the most points? And in that first two hours, we already had a working prototype. And that's what I recommend. Come up with a goal and something that you can play with and you can work with in an hour or two. Something that's kind of simple. And it kind of, for me, tricked my mind into thinking, oh, this is pretty simple. It wasn't such a daunting task like previously. And then over the next week or so... I probably poured another 20 hours into just refining and adding more content. Eventually, I added, um, you know, targets that are your targets you're not supposed to hit, like innocent bystanders. So I put them in, you know, fun places. Then we would test the map and see, you know, are they in good spots? Is this something that's fun? Or, you know, the targets too bunched up or whatever? We moved them around and got to kind of make like, a, you know, um, they call it like emergent storytelling where you're looking around the environment and you find like these people over here, you know, dancing at the bar. These people over here behind the DJ booth. Um, what are they doing? Why is this guy on top of a table, right? It's kind of you kind of can see on your own what is the story, what's actually going on here. And um, it was a really fun thing to develop with my daughter. She's really good at Fortnite Creative. I'm really surprised at seven years old how much she's learned. And then as we discovered concepts together, they involve programming, real simple programming. She was able to take that. And then on her own, I see when she has you know her free time, she has a lot more free time than me. She's developing her own map. And she's working on like a Super Mario Brother theme experience. Um, and then I was able to hop into there and say, oh, okay, like she had like a tunnel she had built, but it was a cube. So I, I went in there and found like a farmer, you know, a farmer like haystack or like one of those like silos, those big like, you know, cylinder like things. I said, hey, we can take this and lay it down. That's like Mario Brothers pipes, basically. Instead of having this cube thing, because like Fortnite and everything's cubes, we can make it into pipes. So I went and redid the level with her, basically redoing her pipes for her. And it's a really fun thing to be able to hop in, you know, on two PlayStations and work around with something with someone. And of course, at some point, she won't be able to call it Mario. But when she's able to publish her maps, um, it's this little experience she's had developing where you run through 
kind of like parkour. You jump and you try to hit blocks and you get coins um, and you avoid monsters and stuff. It's like Mario would be, but you're doing it in a perspective of Fortnite. I've seen other people try to do similar things, but I like her original take on this. She's never played the other maps, so it's just her imagination and how she pictured it. And I like the way she went about it. A lot of people tried to make it a 2D game where you look at your Fortnite character like you are looking at Mario. But Fortnite doesn't play as well as a 2D game like Mario. It's not really made for that. So I think she kind of went after more like the parkour experiences that people do. So you're looking at a first-person Mario view from her perspective. And she recently saw the Mario Brother movie and saw how he went into the pipes. And they kind of talk about that in that movie. So I think that might have been what really inspired her. But it's cool. I like to sit back and let her do whatever she wants to do and see what she has. Um, and then, you know, go in there and help her with some things. Um, you know, some of the coding was a little bit wrong. Some of the numbers were wrong. But I can teach her those things. And we're, figuring, we're learning them together. So very exciting. Definitely recommend doing it. Again, you can do it with any video game system you guys have pretty much. Um, except for maybe like, I don't know if the Switch has Fortnite Creative. I never, I have a Switch, but I never tried that or whatever. But I know like the, the Playstations and the Xboxes and the computers, they all have it and you can do it. Um, yeah, so for my map over the next few weeks, or the next, I think two weeks, about 20 hours, like I said, um, went back and just added more and more things to it to make it into my own kind of club. And it really was a really satisfying experience cleaning it all up. I'm really proud of it. It's a small beginner level, but I definitely think as, as far as beginner levels goes or first maps go for people, I think people that, in the community that I talk to that you know play maps, when they test my map, I think that they'll enjoy it. I think it came out pretty good. And I'm starting on already on the second one now. I'm working on a different kind of project. I'm like, actually I'm starting on the map. I'm learning a new concept to see if I can try to make a map off of it um, and try to come up with an idea for it. So if you guys are interested in that, again, I hope to eventually... The end game goal there is, you know, to take the stories that I'm working on and introduce them to people in an interactive way for free through Fortnite Creative. So if you're wondering about what's going on in these stories, you can get a little bit of that interaction in Fortnite Creative, and then you'll hopefully link out to a website or, you know, encourage someone to go Google the name of the actual stories and then bring some attention to it. Because my big thing with, like, any project I'm working on is what's the point in doing something if no one's going to know that you're doing it, right? So I think why not use the tools that are there? If you're sharing... A free map people can play in Fortnite Creative if they're a fan of it or they have the game and they'll install it. You can do that. You also can use the movie maker inside of Fortnite to record a lot of footage of your characters. And you can use that footage. You don't have to pay Epic for it. As long as you're not selling it like it's a movie. Um, and actually, I'm not a lawyer, so I'm not going to tell you. But legally on the Unreal Engine, you don't have to pay them if you use the Unreal Engine to make any kind of videos. I'm not sure if that's like that if you're directly making Fortnite videos. Um, I, I don't, I wouldn't worry too much about it, but again, I'm not a lawyer, so of course, you know, check with a lawyer if you're interested or whatever, I don't know, right, I gotta throw out this, this, that disclaimer out there, I guess, all the time, people always do that, right, what, are you gonna sue me, you gonna sue me for, for my podcast, I don't think so, um, but yeah, I definitely think it's really cool, and if anyone has a system, and they're interested, and they want, like, a crash test, or you want to see, like, a live demo, I learned a lot over the last two years, I'm more than happy to share that stuff with you guys, and I think it's a really fun thing you guys can get into, that's pretty much my big thing. I'll let you guys know when that map is out. That's the two of the main things I had going on this week. It's kind of my thoughts on AI and my experiences I had with Fortnite. Um, that's everything I have for this segment. We'll move on to the next part. and stretch a little bit welcome to the after show with sammy rye let your hair down just go ahead and just relax this is the after show after show right this is the easter egg 
If you made it this far into the show, thank you guys so much for rocking with me. I really appreciate it. You know, it's we're, I think, episode 111 now. Uh, this is crazy. It's been a long journey, and uh, we're just kind of getting started. I feel like this is still in the infancy in so many ways of what it could be. And um, really, it's always just been an enjoyment for myself used to be able to share things with you. And one thing I wanted to share this week that I learned in my personal life, um, that's what I talk about on the after show, if you don't know. I just talk about me, regular stuff, if you care. Is, um, you know, being patient with people in your life, being patient with relationships, and being patient with your reactions. Um, it's hard to do. I'm not perfect with it. But um, I have a story I'll share, which I think really was, I was really happy with how everything turned out. And I thought, you know, that's worth talking about in the podcast. So let's let's do it. So like, my this this year, my my family we're we're planning on this pretty expensive Disney trip. I've been to Disney before about two years ago, but this trip, my wife wanted to take a train to Disney, and that the train trip alone is practically more expensive than going to Disney World. Um, it's a long trip. I'm in I'm in Jersey, um, and it's a nice train, and it has dinner and food, and you can sleep there, and I'm sure it'd be a really cool experience. Um, but it's it's expensive, and. You know, with that being said, I wanted to budget my year out and make sure I didn't overspend. I've been getting really serious about fixing my credit and doing all these grown-up things that, um, you know, are really awesome, which when I was younger, I didn't realize it could be that awesome. But um, yeah, I'm really enjoying all those things. And I had a situation with my son where, you know, out of nowhere, he told me that for the summertime during his birthday, he wanted to go see a UFC event, a live UFC event in Boston. And my wife hadn't spoken to me about that. And at first, my first reaction was kind of a little bit angry where I'm thinking, whoa, 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 who who said we're going to Boston? Because number one, I drive, right? No one drives my family besides me. My wife doesn't really drive, especially not long trips. And um, I'm not even sure where Boston is. I think it's near Salem. I think it's Massachusetts. Um, and I recently actually made that trip. And it's a long trip. It's grueling. And I don't like driving through New York. Um, I've driven, I've driven, I keep driving through New York, so it's like I don't like it, but I have to always do it. And um, I, I just don't like that. It's not my, my version of fun. I want my son to have a good birthday. But also, I thought this is a little expensive considering we're all going to Disney World. And um, this, again, is a long trip. You know, I don't want to drive. So originally, I was a bit upset. And I thought there was one situation where I could launch in, you know, call my wife or see her and be like, hey, what's going on? Why are you doing this? And who said this? Whatever. But mind you, I'm only going off of the half of the story my son told me. I don't really know what her reaction was to it or what she had in mind, right? So at first, I'm a little upset. And I waited. I tried to be patient about it. I gave her like a day. Next day still, I was thinking about it. Kind of was, you know, back in my mind. She hadn't mentioned it to me yet. Um, and I was thinking, man, this is kind of weird. You know, I'm going to call her on it. And I called her while she's at work. And she doesn't have the kind of job where you can just pick up your phone and stuff. So I don't usually do that. But I called her kind of like, hey, let's address this. Let's get this. I don't want to be thinking about this all the time. Let's, let's figure out what's going on here. But um, in, that, in that moment, I think I was still probably a little angry about it. Still a little stewing, I guess you would say. Not like really angry, but a little, little bothered. Um, she didn't pick up then, thankfully, right? Because then later on, a few hours later, um, you know, I moved on my day. Um, you know, I started to relax and you know get other things going on. At that point, I realized that I was probably going to talk to her. And I thought to myself, well, let me let me hear her out. Let me hear what she had in mind. Maybe we're not on the same page. Maybe maybe I'm not picturing what she's picturing. Why would she tell him that we're going to do this thing, and then like never speak to me about it, right? So, I did that. And then, you know, I made sure when I spoke to her, I didn't come at her sideways and come at her angry, came at her very patient and very understanding and said, hey, you know, I just wanted to know, um, you know, I heard about this thing and I know you didn't mention it to me yet. I didn't know like what you, you know, what was on your mind basically about it. Real, real peaceful and diplomatic. 
And my wife really, you know, very calmly explained to me different thoughts she had on it and the realities of what could do and we couldn't do. And she had an idea of me to take a bus ticket up there or a bus trip would which not be that expensive actually. Um, which that 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 cancels my you know not wanting to drive. I said okay, well, that 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 issue is addressed. And my son's going to be seventeen. He's going to his senior year and trying to save money for this trip. I said, well, you know, I don't even need to go to to the UFC event. You know, you guys can save a lot of money. You don't have to get my bus ticket. You don't have to get my ticket to the event. You can be just you and our practically grown son now can just go on this trip, uh, catch the bus down there. It's a broad you know you're in broad daylight. You're going to a UFC event. Get back on the bus. Come home. I'll pick you up, you know, you don't need me there, you know, and I'd rather the family save money. So this is all, this is all pretty fine with me. This doesn't really bother me in any kind of way. I could even probably help, you know, pay for the trip a little bit and it wouldn't be a burden on anyone really. And he could have a pretty cool, you know, birthday for his 17th year. Um, and I think, it's, you know, as a kid, it's one of his last birthdays he gets to have as a kid. He's more birthdays as an adult and stuff like that. He's a young adult, but I think that's, I think it's a pretty cool thing. And I was really happy that, you know, for me and my wife, it was a really positive interaction, you know, and then she came home and everything was great. And and I looked at it afterwards and said, wow, that could have went really bad because I kind of was planning on it going bad, right? My my initial attitude towards it was not that positive. And I thought about it and I've talked about this a lot with, you know, people I know and my friends and stuff. And, you know, it's important. I see you speak this to my daughter. It's important to have patience with people and, and give them time but it's hard to do. It's even hard for me to do. In that situation, I'm being honest, I, I know that's not what I really wanted to do. And I'm lucky that, you know, two things happened. First, a day went by and then, um, you know, then she didn't pick up the phone the second time I called, you know? So it's like, yeah, that that really helped out and really worked out. And I hope that as I'm you know, recording this in the podcast, not only for other people, but as a reminder to myself when I listen back to this um, or if I ever, you know, think about this, is, you know, this is a story that matters to me because it's a very clear example where I can honestly say at some point I was going to be the issue. I was going to be the person that was going to in, you know, start an argument or um, get upset about something. But ultimately, you know, it, it worked out. And I, all I had to do was just calm myself down and hear the other person out. And then everything was pretty great. So I thought that was a, you know, something worth sharing on the podcast this week. Other things I got going on for you guys that are interested. My daughter's learning how to swim. That's been a really cool thing. Um, I finally got to get back into a pool, which I haven't done in a long time. And um, yeah, it was like literally like riding a bike, I guess, or like a fish to water. I hadn't swam in so long. I, I was surprised. I remember how to swim so well. Um, I, I literally haven't swam like I feel like a decade, like really swam or swim. Yeah, swam, whatever. <laughs> um, and I had a really good time. And I really like seeing what she's doing. And to tie that back into the, you know, chat GTP thing I was talking about earlier in the show, you know, I had some preconceived ideas on how I would teach her how to swim based on how I was taught how to swim. I was taught how to swim by my mom and then my uncle who's a Marine. And it was pretty much like, yeah, go in the water, you know, swim. I was choking on water sometimes, coughing and making fun of me. Like, stop coughing. I remember they said, you sound like a seal. You sound like a ridiculous seal. Stop coughing and go swim. Um, you just get over it, right? And I remember it being such a rough experience and I kind of liked it, you know, in, in, in retrospect, not at the time. In retrospect, they're like, yeah, that's what you need. You gotta be hard on these kids. So I'm taking my my daughter to like an actual swimming club with a teacher. After about four or five weeks, I'm getting a bit annoyed um, with how slow and how much playing they do, um, especially for like the fact that you're paying for it. I'm kind of feeling like, yeah, you guys are just milking this basically. We can kind of speed things up. So then I had a chance to go in the pool with her, and that's what I intended to do. And we really didn't do too much. And you know, she learned like one or two more extra things that maybe she wasn't doing before. I practiced some other things for her at home in the bathtub, like holding her breath and stuff like that. That's cool. But um, 
I went on ChatGTP and he had a curiosity, he was testing it when I was doing research for the, the, the podcast and stuff. I asked it, you know, what's the best way to teach your kid how to swim? And it gave me some very clear, non-biased answers. Things that I think that if other people had told me, I might have felt like, no, you're trying to like get me to do it your way. But the fact that it was coming from this robot that didn't know me and didn't care about me kind of let me realize that, no, some of that stuff that those people were telling you is, is really legit. Like, they, this is a better way to do it. Um, there's nothing wrong with doing it this way. And I know there's another story about, you know, babies being able to swim right at birth. This is a big thing I heard in, in the hood growing up. People say, oh, you know, babies can swim right when they're born. You can just, like, throw them in the water. It'll be fine. And I'm thinking, like, wow, that's, that's kind of crazy because, like, I know babies, unfortunately, don't always make it out that water. So which one is it? Every baby knows how to swim or, or not, obviously. And I asked ChatGTP. And it, it not only did it answer the question and explain it, but also explained the myth. It explained where it comes from and why people say that. And all this detail from just one second typing in something, um, it dispelled you know, possibly generations of misinformation, you know, decades of these thoughts in our heads that I was still carrying around trying to get to my daughter in 2023, which is just not true. <laughs> the babies are born with this, um, I think they call it a diver reflex, where apparently they, they do know that in certain water um, they have to hold their breath, and they, if they can, they'll try to turn over to their back, and pretty much um, their body will try to funnel the blood pumping it's so like the vital organs and just basically try to survive long enough for you to come save it. Um, so it can kind of move its feet and kind of move its legs. So I guess in some places where this is something that people try and they throw their babies in over and over and over again, in a way, I guess they're learning how to swim. But it also must be the most traumatic, horrible way for a child to learn how to swim. Um, and it most likely doesn't go well every single time, right? So yeah. Not exactly the way in 2023 with, you know, teachers available and all this information. No reason I should be dumping my daughter into the water. And I didn't do that. Uh, but I'm just letting you know, there's no reason to do that. And there's no reason for us to think this way. And this, again, it's another, you know, uh, rah-rah moment for just pure information with no one's opinion, no one's bias, no one's trying to convince you of their way. Just saying, hey, look, this is how it is. This is where these ideas came from. And why don't you just try this? This should be fine. And I was like, okay, that, that actually sounds logical. Very logically presented argument. Um, no BS I could see there in the article or the, the results, you know, a lot of times I feel like I'm really good at detecting that BS if I'm reading an article or someone's persuasive argument, but chat, chat GTP didn't do that, at least not at this point, right? So yeah, that's what I got going on. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me. Hope you guys are enjoying the show. Hopefully I have more good news um, by the next episode about things I got going on. I'm really excited to share them with you guys. I'm Sammy Rye. Peace.